When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. WRKS Pickens Jackson. Are you ready? From the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Oh, we're getting close to soft shell. Uh, what am I trying? South Show Crab season. Um, I'm, I'm feeling it for sure. It's got to be right around the corner. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Brought to you by Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. We'll go with the bone-in filet or just the filet. Side of scallops. Don't forget our new partner, Wild Turkey. Long Branch Bourbon, Matthew McConaughey. And Eddie Russell collaborate to give you Long Branch Bourbon from Wild Turkey. It's fantastic. Try it today, whether it's at Briarwood Wine and Spirits or your local wine and spirits shop. If they don't have it, request it. Long Branch, Matthew McConaughey, Eddie Russell. Under the Wild Turkey portfolio, we'll be heading there in July. Looking forward to that. We'll do a show, hang out, have some fun, get back into bourbon country in Lexington and right outside of there in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Kessler Prime and the Renaissance, KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. Want to welcome you in. I'm your host, Bo Bounds, giving away a super cool Corona bar sign. Um, compliments of Cinco de Mayo and Capital City Bev and Corona. And uh, you can hit us up via the text line, 601-885-3776. And or any of the platforms, Instagram at Bo underscore Bounds, Twitter at Bo Bounds, and then, of course, on Facebook, search the Out of Bounds Show. Show us you've got the Out of Bounds radio app, or you're hitting up the uh, podcast on Apple Podcast or Spotify by searching the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. We'll love you. That's how you enter, and you could win the uh, unbelievable-looking Corona bar sign, or as Will and the kids call it, bar art. And that's perfect for your game room, man cave. Or, as I've said over and over again, I mean, put it over your bed in your in your master bedroom. Right? Um, I mean, it looked great in the foyer, right walking into your home. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. You know, you got Thanksgiving, and then you got your Corona bar art. That's a beautiful thing. 
Happy Cinco de Mayo to you. Um, celebrating uh, Mexico's underdog win over France in the Battle of Puebla in 1862. Blake thinks I'm old, but I was not alive then. So I missed that. But I did spend three weeks in Puebla, and it is a beautiful, beautiful city. Um, fabulous. 7,000 feet above sea level. Incredible. Wild, wild, wild. We'll have Steve Palazzolo on the Corona Premier Guest Line at 8.30 on Matt Corral, Charles Cross, A.J. Brown, among others. We'll talk some NFL. Well, that's really college football and and NFL. You guys are cracking me up on this story. I, I have to tell y'all, we've got some really witty listeners. Y'all do a good job the overwhelming majority of the time on the text line. And when I referenced the alligator breaking into a couple's garage and he drank their Diet Coke in uh, Naples and the fact that uh, an animal handler named Trapper Ray removed the gator and relocated it, and I asked you to give me Trapper Ray's background, both educational and hobbies, um, an unnamed texter comes in hot. Trapper Ray is from Jacksonville and pulls up in his animal control truck listening to Limp Biscuit. His mullet would put Jake the Snakes to shame. He's got seven visible tattoos and three visible teeth missing. He and the gator remain friends after removing it from Karen's garage. And yes, there is a Karen in this story because there has to be. It would be Karen and Jamie's house in the Naples area where the alligator walked in because they didn't close the uh, garage door and smashed through the refrigerator and started drinking some Diet Coke. I thought that was that was pretty good. Now, Bulldog West coming in strong, talking about Trapper Ray and his, uh, his background of saving alligators in South Florida. And Bulldog West says Trapper Ray studied snakes in junior college before joining the ranks of professional animal wrangler. His hobbies include noodling catfish and drinking beer. Probably beast light. There you go. Sean says, I uh, bet Trapper Ray with an Australian accent, not because he's from Australia, but because Steve Irwin was his idol. Amen to that. No doubt about that. Um, let's see. What do we have here? All right, so Gator in the house trying to ruin your day? Pick up the phone, call Trapper Ray. There's no need to scream and shout. He wears camo to stand out. Dropped out of school in the fifth grade. He wears his hair in a reverse fade. That's pretty good. He'll catch your Gators. They won't be lonely, but he don't take cards. Cash only. Gators is tough, boy. Gators is tough, boy. Don't you play pick up the phone and call Trapper Ray. Tyler, that's unbelievable that you were able to put together a poem on the fly right there. I don't know what that says about you. Um, maybe you're a little smarter than I than I thought you were. So um, I'm pretty impressed with that. What do we have here from Flowtown Ghost? Um, no, nah, I'm not going there. Trapper Ray has a mullet. Absolutely. His hobby is just lucky enough to get him paid to do it. There you go, trapping gators. Can you imagine? No, thank you. I don't want to get near an alligator. 
Uh, just not something that I, I want to do or a snake for that matter. And I live in a lake. Um, I did run across one on the pier at the clubhouse walking a couple of weeks ago, but he scattered off, but he was, he blended into the, to the pier pretty good. Um, I'm glad that he did go the other way. Cause I was just kind of in no man's land with my earbuds on out of bounds. ESPN one Oh five nine, the zone. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. We're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. We'll switch gears here. Um, Mike Bianco and the Rebs host Missouri. You know, they could sweep, and Mississippi State could win one of three against Florida, and Ole Miss would then be ahead of Mississippi State. Trying to get to Hoover. I don't know how this is going to shake out, but we've got nine more games if we get them all in. All right? And sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But, you know, they do everything they can to get those games in. And you got to sweep this weekend. And the odds are slim to none. But you could do it. And your back's against the wall in both Stark Vegas and Oxford. So Swayze and Duty Noble won't necessarily be rocking. But they'll still be good crowds. This fan base is still rabid. They're still committed. People just love going to games, whether you're going to be a a number seven overall national seed or just a number 14 or 15 seed and still host a regional. Neither one of those teams are going to do that um, unless they go 9-0 on the way out, and I don't see that happening. But but still, there's there's that many people that have season tickets that want to celebrate and so on. And, of course, foul pole to foul pole at Duty Noble in the left field lounge will be rolling tomorrow, right? Um, you'll have that smoke going and um, the fire and the food. It's really the best food in, in American collegiate athletics. Foul pole to foul pole. And you'll, you've never seen anything like it. I don't care where you've tailgate. You've never, ever, ever, ever seen anything like it. The absolute best food in America from ribeye poppers to, you know, they're smoking butts out there. Um, obviously, pork tenderloin, wings, ribs, all smoked chicken, all kinds of good things. And uh, what did I have last time that I mentioned the lady gave me? Was it jambalaya? Yeah. I had some jambalaya in the left field lounge. It was fabulous. Steve Palazzolo will join us at uh, 8.30. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. Uh, Now that's funny. Sounds like Ryan Tannehill may be the next Trapper Ray after he loses his job to Malik Willis. Good morning. Welcome in. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by 44 Prime in Stark Vegas, Mississippi. Great steaks and seafood. Cool, super cool decor. Really, really nice bourbon list. You're going to be in Stark Vegas this weekend. Check out 44 Prime. Owned by Roy Oswalt, Houston Astros Hall of Fame pitcher. Friend of the show. 44 Prime in Starkville. Uh, check it out. 44 for prime.com show is also presented by well maroon and company you're going to be in well you don't have to be in stark vegas but if you are in starville um 
then boy, have we got something for you. Uh, behind Chick-fil-A, that's the place where you want to go for all your Hell State gear. Uh, you can get 15% off your entire purchase with bo- promo code BOBOUNDS15 at Maroon and Company. Or you can go online, maroonandco.com. That's the word and, maroonandco.com, and order a shirt, hat, whatever you want right now. Bowbounds 15, 15% off your entire purchase at Maroon and Company, online and in store, maroonandco.com. Discounts cannot be combined, and some exclusions may apply. See store for details. Um, good morning. Welcome in. I was reading some articles um, yesterday on SEC football, and, you know, the Arkansas Razorbacks are interesting because. Uh, you know, Sam Pittman has put together this thing in Arkansas and they've got a lot of juice and a lot of buzz, um, almost at the level of lane train and, um, Pittman's two and O against Leach and one and one against, uh, uh, against lane train. And they've been some really good games. You know, last year was nuts. Ole Miss and Arkansas reps pull it out. Um, and then last year in Fayetteville, uh, was a was a great game between Mississippi State and Arkansas, and MSU misses a, a field goal at the end. Will Rogers did a magnificent job leading them down the field with no time on the clock. That's not what Mississippi State could do for 100 years, but now that you're in uh, a passing offense and the air raid, uh, you can do that. One, give yourself a chance to win. Two, uh, you can come back from 25 points at Auburn, on the Plains, down 28-3, and win. And you can come back against a and Not a big, but you can come back and win because you can actually throw the ball. You're not three yards in a cloud of dust. But circling back to the Arkansas Razorbacks and Sam Pittman and what they're putting together, um, they're recruiting at a high level for Arkansas. Um, look, they're going to be aggressive. They're going to do what it takes. Pittman understands the deal, and plus he's been at Georgia and, and – enough places um they're gonna throw down in the street and and get after it Kendall Browse is considered the best offensive coordinator in the southeastern conference with lane train probably 1a um and then Leach and some others there right behind that and Barry Odom is an excellent defensive coordinator he decided to not well I think he got a little cute on the Miami Hurricanes offer for the defensive coordinator position I think he thought his value was a little bit more than it was. And then he tried to do an about face, kind of a 180 there, and realized I think he did want to go to Miami. And then the door had closed. But Cristobal made a run at him. Didn't work. We'll see. Uh, I know Sam Pittman wants to be paid Lane Kiffin money. And Arkansas's basically saying, no, we love you. We love your brand. We love your approach that you're doing the whole CEO thing, letting your coordinators coach, you're recruiting like crazy. Obviously, you know what they're doing and you're managing the whole thing, but this could be somewhat the new way in college football. Dabo does it. I'd say Saban does it. Obviously, he's a micromanager, but he also doesn't call plays, right? And neither does Sam Pittman. And They've done a good job. What if Arkansas finishes second in the West? I know. I know, I know, I know, I know. It'd be crazy. But 
If he does, and A and M's still over there throwing Jimbo ten million a year, and and buying the uh, what could be the best class on paper in the history of college football, definitely on the defensive side of the football this past what they signed three months ago. Um, what if Jimbo finishes third, or tied for third, or fourth, and and they're paying him ten million a year and going all in on, you know doing whatever it takes for players. And I understand that that's what it takes. But how frustrated are you going to be if you end this season 8-4, and four, maybe 9-3? and three? And, I mean, that's fine, and that's a nice record, but that's not what you're shooting for at A&M. I mean, 8-4, and 9-3, and three, you're going to the Gator Bowl. That A&M's ready to go to Atlanta, and they're not going. Bama's going to win the West. I hate to say that. I know that makes it not as much fun. But Bama's going to win the West. Now, I don't know who's going to finish second. Uh, Auburn's going to be down. Um, LSU's going to be down. I don't... We'll see how much production Jackson Dart... You know, how much of Matt Corral's production can he match can he do 80 percent what does that mean win loss wise eh. mississippi state could be i think maybe a feisty seven and five team um and then arkansas let me give you their schedule let's see cincinnati how about that they play the bearcats south carolina a&m on a neutral field bam at home at msu at byu why are you doing that? That's terrible scheduling. Um, at Auburn, Liberty. They decided to play three non-conference games that could be pretty tough. Now, Cincinnati lost Desmond Ritter, but Cincinnati at BYU and Liberty. Of course, Freeze lost Malik Willis, so this may be the year to catch these two teams, right? LSU at home, Ole Miss at home. At Miss that is a manageable schedule. I see, all right. Arkansas, Cincinnati, definitely could win. I'm going W. South Carolina at home, W. Missouri State at home, W. 3-0. A&M on a neutral site. We'll go Arkansas, 4-0. Bama at home, 4-1 at MSU. Boy, is that does Mike Leach need to win that game? He's 0-2 against Sam Pittman. Uh, I think Arkansas is better. And they had the better coordinators. But at home with Will Rogers in year three, you got to win that game. I'll give it to MSU. Don't feel good about it at all. 51-49% is where I'm having that thing. At BYU, they win, but that could be tough. And you know you're going to get seven or eight penalties against you. Maybe at critical, you know, juncture time during the game. Uh, at Auburn, should be able to steal one on the road against Auburn. If you're that good and you're what you're telling me you are, you got to go down there and win. Mississippi State went down there last year with a very ho-hum team and came back from 25 down and because Will Rogers was an absolute surgeon against that Derrick Mason defense. Liberty at home, W. LSU at home, W. Ole Miss at home, W. At Missouri, W. All right, so what did I do here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. No way. 
Did they go 10 and 2, the Arkansas Razorbacks, with losses to Bama at home and at Mississippi State? Look, they draw a good. They draw South Carolina and Missouri from the East. They've been like Leach pulling Georgia. You know, Lane Train's living right. Whatever he did down at, at the Florida Atlantic, he's living right. Doesn't pull Georgia again this year. Leach gets Georgia for the second time in three years. Woo, dog. Goodness gracious. Out of Bounds is brought to you by 44 Prime and Startle and Maroon and Company. 15% off Maroon and Company online and in store. 15% off. Promo code BOBOUNDS15. Also online, maroonandco.com. Discounts cannot be combined and some exclusions may apply. See store for details. Steve Palazzolo coming up next. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. The Out of Bounds Show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. All right. Good morning. Welcome in. Want to let you know that Mud Bugs open today and this weekend. It's Cinco de Mayo. And um, they're slinging the best crawfish in the state of Mississippi. Also, shrimp. And they've got a great menu, uh, super cool outdoor place. They'll have live music. Two locations in Rankin County, downtown Brandon and the Reservoir. Mudbugs, the best crawfish in the state of Mississippi. Cinco de Mayo today brought to you by Corona. And Corona Premier, we're giving away a uh, super cool um, Corona bar sign and uh, or bar art. To make it, that's what the cool kids say. And uh, it looks awesome. If you're on any of our social media platforms, we have uploaded it. You can enter and possibly win by showing us that you have downloaded the Out of Bounds radio app and you're hitting the uh, Apple podcast or Spotify. And boom, that's how you enter and you may win. And you can put it in your game room, your bar, um, your man cave, or your might. Your wife may love it in the dining room. We are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Again, Cinco de Mayo brought to you by Corona Premier. We welcome in Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. Happy Cinco de Mayo, wild man. Wow, thanks. Same to you, Bo, of course. Uh, you guys celebrating today? We are. We are. Um, you know, we've got this unbelievable Corona bar sign that we're giving away, which is pretty awesome. And then later this afternoon, after I get finished uh, adulting, I'm going to have a, a Dos Equis or a Modelo and celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Beautiful. That sounds great. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my kids to T-ball. So that's, <laughs> our, that's our celebration. I've done T-ball, my man. I, I remember those. That was so funny, man. You know, the best is still one of the best things. When you're at a T-ball game, 
And you usually have two kids on the team that when they hit it, they run to third instead of first. Oh, yeah, always. And you have to yeah. run behind them because they're little bitty whippersnappers. <laughs> and you run behind them and you pick them up and you just run them over to the first baseline. And then they <laughs> they keep on running. And uh, yep. everything's good. Everything's good. Uh, and the overwhelming majority of the team is, is much more focused on uh, – Skittles and and some kind of uh, fruity drink after the game. Um, all That's right, fun. so Matt Corral to the Carolina Panthers. What what did you and the uh, pro football focus team think about that? Well, definitely surprised that all the quarterbacks lasted as long as they did, and you know since they since they did last that long, obviously I think it's good value getting. Corral, whatever, what, 94 overall. I think it was a good move by the Panthers, too. They had to trade back in. They didn't have another pick for another 30 selections. They needed to get some kind of quarterback. They rolled the dice with the tackle in the first round with Ikea Kwanu. So, I think circling back and at least getting one of the quarterbacks, getting Corral, was, was, a, was a good move. And I think for Corral, you know, of all the quarterbacks, he's got a chance to compete right away. I mean, Kenny Pickett's going to get a shot, but Corral's going to get a, get a shot to compete with Sam Donald because I don't think the Panthers have that much faith in Darnold, so I think it's going to be an open competition there. I agree with you. And Steve Palazzolo, PFF.com, NFL Insider, on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Uh, Where are you? For our listeners, I don't think most of them watch Carolina Panther football. So, when you look at Corral going there and Matt Rule and that staff is trying to save their job. And I'm thinking if Sam Darnold struggles at all, Steve, you could see Corral four, five, six games in so that if he plays well, they can go to the owner and say, see, we've got something. Give us 2023. Do you, do you think that that scenario could play out, Steve? Yes, I I absolutely think it could. And, um, they're definitely at a, a point where they have to show progress as a, as a coaching staff, as a, as a front office. As they, they spent a ton on defense a couple drafts ago. They've, uh, they've pretty much been in rebuilding mode, yet they were aggressive last offseason as far as trading draft picks for Stephon Gilmore for half a season. You know, those are the types of things that have come back to bite during draft time here. Why a rebuilding team like the Panthers have not been able to uh, build through the draft, you know, the last year or two, but they do have some pieces. They've made the offensive line better. So, so I think they're creeping into the right direction, but absolutely they're, they have to show progress. They have to show that they've done something. And uh, my feeling is Sam Donald is not going to be the guy that he's not going to take a massive step forward. And yes, I think Matt Corral is going to be that guy that they can, they can say, Hey, look, this is the guy we drafted. He could be the future. Let's, you know, let, let's rally behind him. Again, depending on how Corral progresses in training camp and all that stuff, definitely think that's what the coaching staff's thinking now with with Corral there to be able to push Sam Darnold. So basically, to our listeners, you you think Sam Darnold's just a solid NFL QB? Is that fair, Steve? I mean, he's a solid backup probably at this point. I would say <laughs> I don't I don't trust don't trust Darnold as a starter. The other interesting thing here, I think, because they got because they get Corral, the Panthers probably aren't going to go to the trade market like I thought they might. You know, as soon as they pick a tackle at six, it's like, all right, you know, they're resigned to either roll out there with Sam Donald or try to find, you know, a Baker Mayfield, a Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, go some other route later in the offseason. But I think when they circled back and got Matt Corral, 
I think they're out now as far as bringing in a Garoppolo or a Mayfield or whoever it might be. So I think it's, it really is Sam Darnold versus Matt Corral, and, and, and let's see what happens. Uh, and so you were were you surprised or shocked that Malik Willis wasn't drafted in the first round? I was surprised. I, nothing really shocked me as far as the quarterbacks, just because the evaluations certainly weren't strong um, across the league. So, um, you know, when, when all of the quarterbacks fell, I mean, look, I, I thought if they didn't go in the first, they'd all go in the second, the top five. So I was surprised when they all ended up, and a lot of them ended up in round three, four, and five, other than uh, Pickett. So that absolutely surprised me. I thought that the, I thought that the NFL would be much more likely to maybe take chances in the second, you know, especially with Seattle with a couple twos and Atlanta where they picked. But they were, they were all patients. They obviously didn't love the quarterback class that much. And then they look like steals in the third. Not that they, it changes how good they are as players, but it's, it's just you could add first and second round players and then, oh, by the way, take a shot at quarterback, which is always a smart move in the NFL. So surprised that they fell that far, but I think – I think a lot of it came down to scarcity, too, in the NFL. There's really only two or three teams that are utterly desperate at the quarterback position, and that's Seattle, that's Carolina, and they're looking at their situation saying, I don't know if these guys are that big of upgrades, so we're not going to overreach here for for quarterbacks. And with Malik Willis, I mean, Ron Tannehill is a pretty good QB, I guess, at the NFL level. Do you feel like, you know, it's definitely his team for this year and then things could get interesting there? How do you see it in with Tennessee Titans, Steve? Yeah, I definitely see Tannehill as a QB for this year. He's under contract for two more years, almost $30 million per year. He's been very good since going to the Titans, right? In, in their run-heavy system, he has been one of the most efficient, probably a top-eight quarterback over the last two years for, for Tannehill, three years, really, um, which is a huge step up from where he was in Miami. He went from a pretty good quarterback to a very good quarterback there. So I think he'll get his chance. Uh, Tannehill, you know, to run this team over at least the next year. And then if they do have another rough finish, you know, whether it's in the playoffs, out of the playoffs, then then people will start talking. Also depends on how Malik Willis looks in the preseason. How much hype does he garner? How, how ready does he look? You know, I imagine there'll be some growing pains there, but I like it for Willis because he gets to sit. I always thought that'd be the best situation for him. So I think it's a good place for him to sit and learn whether Brian Tannehill is going to be his uh, his mentor or not. I think that whole that whole thing has been completely overblown these last couple of days. Though. Uh, I agree with that. Um, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com, on the Corona Premier guest line. Uh, a lot of people were saying that the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted Kenny Pickett and he's basically Mitch Trubisky. You agree or disagree? Yeah, there's elements to that. I didn't I, I didn't love Pickett. Um, he had a really good season last year. It was just the one good season that he's had out of multiple years as a starter in Pittsburgh. It's a little old school approach where, you know, he's a, a senior, right? That's had a ton of starts, a ton of experience, but uh, my concern is how long he holds onto the ball for a guy that's not a dynamic playmaker. You know, he holds uh, averages over over three seconds per pass, which is usually the range. You see Aaron Rodgers, you see Russell Wilson, you see Josh Allen, right? You see these guys that extend plays and make spectacular plays. With Pickett, you don't get nearly as many of those. Um, he's a guy that needs to work a little bit quicker, work within structure a little bit better. Um, he's accurate enough, but I don't think there's anything about Pickett that's great. So. I think he'll need to be elevated by a supporting cast. So there, there are elements of Trubisky in there. Um, I don't know if Pickett wins the job right away, to be honest. I think Trubisky might get the chance for the first few weeks. So 
Um, interesting move by Pittsburgh, staying home, and you know, every year I, I, I buy into so much of the hype. I just I just get sucked in, and I got sucked into the Steelers loving Malik Willis reportedly, and obviously they passed on him and went with their top quarterback, which was Pickett. Okay. Uh, AJ Brown to the Eagles in a trade. What did you think about the trade? I thought it was great business by the Eagles. I thought it was awesome. You know, it, it doesn't, I, I don't know if it's best for A.J. Brown's stock or anything like that, but, you know, he's, he's made his money, so that's great. Um, but from a team-building standpoint, I think the Eagles having multiple first-round picks, using one to get A.J. Brown, and even with the $25 million a year that they have to pay him, I'll do that all day. You know, he is a true wide receiver one, you know, force multiplier for the offense, makes everything better around him. It's going to make last year's first-rounder, Devontae Smith, all the better, you know, having that one-two punch there. And Philadelphia is in an interesting spot where they do have Jalen Hurts for two more years on a rookie contract, uh, on the cheap as a second-round pick, so you can make those moves and, and be more aggressive. And it also gives them a better chance to evaluate Hurts and, you know, really see what he is. Because my feeling right now is I'm happy with Jalen Hurts on a rookie contract, but I'm not paying him 30 you know, that's going to be the going rate no. in two years when he's up for a contract. I don't want to pay him 30. I'll pay him second-round money for two more years. So I think the Eagles, you know, they still have two first-rounders next year. They're in good position from a short-term and long-term team-building effort, um, and I think it was a great move uh, bringing A.J. Brown in. Uh, how would you grade the Dallas Cowboys draft for Dak Prescott? How did Jerry and Steven and Will McClay and all those guys do? I thought it was solid. You know, I think they, uh, I mean, Jerry showed us his draft board. He was obviously happy with it. Good um, you know, they, they went in and filled, they filled needs, you know, some, I think, unfortunately they got to a point where they needed to fill needs in the draft. You know, I think their best drafts are when you just, you take CD lamb when you don't need him, right. You take the best players when you don't need them. But I think, you know, Tyler Smith's a good tackle to guard conversion uh, type of player. So in the first round, he'll probably step in at left guard. You see a Sam Williams who's going to uh, probably replace a Randy Gregory with that juice off the edge. Um, and then you get uh, Jalen Tolbert I like a lot in the third round as a, as a wide receiver. I think he's got some speed, uh, played really fast in South Alabama, good size, decent ball skills. So when you talk about, you know, what, what's made Dallas good offensively the last couple of years for Dak is having the three wide receivers. So they haven't replaced Amari Cooper. But when you add Jalen Tolbert to the mix, to go with Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb. All right, I think they're they're getting back on track. Added a little bit of a different skill set there with uh, Tolbert's explosiveness. So thought those first three picks were solid. Um, not a great draft, but you know I think what was needed for the Cowboys. And the Saints move up to get Chris Olave, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Do you like that move? I mean, when you go back and look at everything that they gave up. For Chris Olave, really multiple ones, twos, and the whole thing. Uh, it's very difficult to justify that. Now, I respect the Saints for their convictions on players in the draft, the way they build their team in free agency, all of that stuff. And I think Olave is a fantastic player. I'm sure he's going to be fine. It's just when you go back and do the math on it, it's going to be really difficult for Olave to really be the value of four or five players. You know, so that's the. That's the bottom line there. But I thought the Saints, at first, I think people were thinking, hey, are they moving up for a QB? You know, are they going to do that? And the more I thought about it, it was they were moving up to fill two needs. 
They need a receiver. They need a left tackle. And that's what they did. And, and there's a chance that Olave was a top receiver on their board, and that's why they went and got him at 11. They got Penning, Trevor Penning, to play left tackle. So they filled those two needs. Aggressive move by the Saints, you know, right in line with how they do things. They'll figure out the future later. But it is a, it's a, a future mortgaging type of move for a receiver, which is really risky even if Olave ends up becoming a great player. All right, so bottom line, was it too much draft capital to move up to get Chris Olave? Yeah, yeah. Like even if Chris Olave becomes a, a top 10 receiver or you know Keenan Allen, high-volume type of possession guy or whatever he ends up being, it's still he still has to be the equivalent of five players, which makes it really difficult, again, to just uh, justify the balance sheet at the end of the day. Okay. All right. Um we still have Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo sitting out there. Do you do you have on any thoughts on what could play out with the, those two? No, I, I, I mean Garoppolo could just sit in San Francisco for the year. There, are, he's already a sunk cost. I mean, they might need to get under the cap just for their draft picks, but I mean, they could just keep Garoppolo as a backup at this point. Let him walk and grab a you know, third round compensatory pick later if, you know, if he signs somewhere else. I think you're just, you're losing the, you're losing teams that are desperate. Now, Seattle could still be in play because they do have Drew Locke. They didn't draft any quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think with Carolina, they drafted one, even the, even with Corral in the third. I don't think Carolina's going to try to grab one of those guys. I, I think the only other option for a Baker Mayfield is a team, maybe it's the Giants, a team that wants to just get a, a look at him, uh, you know, in his last year and see if he's a guy worth building around. And Garoppolo would go to a team. He's only valuable to a team that thinks they can contend and really needs a starter. And I don't see that team around the NFL other than the Seahawks. So my guess would be if, if Seattle does want to upgrade over Drew Locke, they try to go to the in, into the division and get Garoppolo. And if a, a team wants to bring Baker Mayfield now in as a backup oh, for wow. 18 million, just to, I mean, it, but he also could get released and you get him on the cheap, but bring Baker Mayfield in as a backup. Um, or got you know, or Daniel Jones Insurance, or whoever, in, in New York, whatever it might be. I think that's where we are because the, uh, I think the desperation is is gone around the league as far as needing starters. There's no demand. I want our listeners. There's no demand right now. There's no market. As right now, and and Palazzolo knows, and we all know it could change on a dime, and there could be sure. somebody holding their cards close and just waiting. But but right now there's. There's no real demand or market for Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield. Right, Steve? Yeah, I mean, most, most teams either have a starter or they have a guy in their second year that, that they still believe in, right? The Jaguars have Trevor Lawrence. Like, even the Houston Texans have Davis Mills. Uh, the Texans, I think, would be a great destination for Baker Mayfield. Do you, like, I don't know if they really believe in Davis Mills for their, you know, for their future. He's in the mix. He's the starter right now. But bring in Baker Mayfield and see if he could be the guy going forward. But there's not a lot of teams like that. Most teams either have a starter that they believe in or they have a young quarterback that they are still on the hook for, even Miami with, with Tua, right? I mean, it's like, all right, here's your chance, Tua. Now, a year from now, they might be in the market, but for now, right. they have their starter. Okay. Uh, who was your number one receiver on your board going into the draft? I like Garrett Wilson the best. I really think receiver is a flavor thing. You know, it really is. What do you like? What do you value? There were points where I liked Drake London the best, but I, I liked Garrett Wilson. I thought he was the most natural playmaker, best route runner, probably the best overall route runner, him and him and Alave. But 
Wilson just makes football look easy sometimes, the way he goes up and catches the ball and runs after the catch. So I like Garrett Wilson, but I understand all of them, right? I understand Drake London, and he's more than just a contested catch, big body. He can get open as well. I understand Alave, slick route runner, who can work every level, and I think he could be a high-volume target guy, kind of like a Keenan Allen or Michael Thomas from a production standpoint, but different stylistically. And I understand Jameson Williams because I love speed and I love speed that plays on the field. And he's got a second, uh, a second gear that just is exceptional and uh, defenses have to account for that kind of speed. So of all those top four receivers that went off the board, like I can understand any of them being the top wide receiver on any of those respective draft boards. Who, who had the best draft in your opinion? I think the Ravens overall, God, they do um, it just all the, the way time. they work the draft. Yeah, everything they did. I mean, the Eagles are up there for me because I think I'm all about getting A.J. Brown and, and the aggressive no moves doubt. they made. But but the Ravens, just just exceptional business. You know, they when they traded Marquise Brown for a first-round pick, I mean, they, I always think of these from, like, a high level. They, they drafted Marquise Brown three years ago. They got three years of service out of him uh, on a rookie contract and then traded him for essentially the same first-round draft pick. That is just exceptional business. It's the second year they pulled that. Last year they traded Orlando Brown, who was a third rounder, and got a first back for him after three years of service. You know, if you just keep doing that, then you're just you're just going to continue to make your roster better and better and better. Okay. So the Ravens did that. They got Kyle Hamilton at safety, Tyler Linderbaum at center, two guys who were maybe top five players just as far as good, solid. They're going to be productive players. Uh, they got four total players who were projected to go in the first round at some point because David Ajabu from Michigan, the edge defender, was hurt and dropped, and Travis Jones from Connecticut was a steal in the third. And then they drafted six times in the fourth round, and the fourth round is where the draft tends to drop off from a value standpoint, and that's why the Ravens accumulated six fourth-round picks. It was just smart, good business all around, I think, by Baltimore. Uh, they're amazing. I wish the Cowboys were run that way. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. I got to let you know, Steve, uh, Vegas was incredible. The draft was awesome. I survived it with Blake. Blake was like, um, well, you've got young kids. All right, so you you get this. Um, you know, a five-year-old on Christmas Eve when he knows Santa Claus is coming and he's bouncing off oh, yeah. the walls and just can't sensory overload. Uh, that was Blake once we got to the draft. <laughs> That's great. That's great. It's exciting. I hope you got some footage of like you know the the the, the child on Christmas Eve there. That's that's great. I do. I'm gonna send you a picture of him eating a turkey leg. This thing. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, it was it was as big as his arm. And um, oh, that's what I would I would go there just for the turkey leg. Uh, I'm in on that. And that dude, great. we had VIP access. We were right by the stage. It. They do it. I mean, the NFL just does it right steve uh, you know in that yeah. area you had great service beverage i mean they were all it was almost like one to one you know wait staff to vip people and we were just fortunate that to to be a part of to be along for the ride but uh he had so much fun and um it was I, they should do it they should have the draft in vegas every year steve because they it, might they might soon be uh, success, you know? It was not. I mean, having been out there before, I've never seen Vegas like that. It was yeah. insanity. All right, dude. Uh, are y'all taking are, – are the dads doing side bets on T-ball games, or how does that work? 
I'm just trying to get my kid to run to first, like you said earlier. I'm just trying to get him to run to first. We're not at the side bet time yet. I want my kid to not swing and miss five straight times like he did last week. I tell him, don't embarrass the family. This is very important. Don't embarrass the family. And uh, so, yeah, we're just one step at a time here. Do you know that your dad played Major League Baseball for the San Francisco <laughs> Giants? There's a lot of pressure here. No. All right, buddy. Yeah, have a good weekend. Look at me like your, your kids should be better, you know? <laughs> See you, dude. Be good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com, on the Out of Bounds show, brought to you by the uh, delicious crawfish at Mudbugs, also presented by Boar's Head. That's where, well, Boar's Head is, is the go-to at Corner Market for game day. All right? So, whether you're doing toppings on your pizza this weekend, um, you're putting some game day nachos together. Boar's Head has all the great toppings, meats and cheeses. Boar's Head game day sliders, and their hummus is amazing. You can find it at Corner Market grocery stores. And around here, you can find it at Corner Market in Bellhaven where I did a show outside their store, and they didn't even know it. Corner Market in Fondren and Corner Market Northside Drive. The show is brought to you by Boar's Head, premium meats, cheeses, and hummus at Corner Market grocery stores in the great state of Mississippi.